Amen. Good morning. Child of God. Don't you love that? Talking about bragging on your parents. Wow. That's, that is amazing. I am a child of God. We're talking about peace today. Peace. Uh, but originally, in Advent, it wasn't as about much about peace as it was about preparation, preparing for the Lord's uh, coming. And it was, it's interesting, you know, we're celebrating this during the Christmas season, the Advent season, the four weeks up to the birth of Christ. I started thinking about things that, that brought joy and happiness and, and in the past and brought peace. Remember when you were a kid? I mean, a little kid, not not teenager, but a little kid, and Christmas season was around. You remember that? You say, yeah, it was like yesterday, or there are some that are still working on that one, yes. But, but it, it was amazing, because I remember hearing some of the Christmas carols for the very first time in first grade or second grade, your teacher would, would uh, or you'd have a you know, something that going on in school, and they would teach you these songs, and it's like, these are the greatest songs ever. You know, or you drive down, drive down Main Street, and, and you'd see all of the, back then it was all tinsel, because there were, you know, LED was not a thing, even in the hearts and minds of people. Uh, it was just tinsel everywhere and it was so cool it was so neat when you were a little kid it was amazing in the whole atmosphere and then you knew you knew that Christmas day was coming it wasn't something to be dreaded it wasn't something to be worried about it wasn't something you feared it was something you looked forward to with anticipation and you're saying yes and I'm still doing that today Christmas was, is a magical time with the street decor and the carols and, and the TV specials. Those are a thing gone by. Let me explain to you what they were. Like Frosty the Snowman and, and Rudolph and, and all of those, they only came on one time a year. And if you missed it, you missed it. There weren't CDs. There wasn't anything that you could just watch it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It was a special, and you had to get something called a, uh, you know, something out of, the, out, of the, out of the newspaper, and you'd have to look at what the TV program was going to be, and you'd have to circle it and mark your day, because you didn't want to miss the TV specials. You know, it's pretty amazing. It was the atmosphere of expectancy that made the season so special. It was what you were looking forward to that made it so special. You say, well, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. We didn't either. And there, was, there were some years that was really lean and some years that were less lean. And, uh, but the, the reality is it was never about the gifts in fact, of all the Christmases that I had when I was a child, I think I can remember one, maybe two gifts. It wasn't anything really about the gifts. It was, it was the idea that we were going to get some gifts. 
It wasn't the gift itself. It was just this magical moment in time. And, and we developed a spirit of expectancy that we were so excited that that Christmas was coming that you couldn't hardly wait to get there. And just like every other child, we tried to act a little better. Our conduct was a little better. We worked around the house a little more because we wanted to make sure that we didn't get gypped. It was an atmosphere of expectancy. We knew it was going to be good, and we looked forward to it with anticipation because greater things to come was right around the corner, and it brought joy in our lives. You remember that? Christmas today is still the same thing in, in many regards. We get older, and, and sometimes we look at it and we say, oh, I don't know how we're going to be able to, to provide or anything else, but Christmas has never been about uh, about money or how much or what you give. Christmas is about giving to others and it's about receiving from Christ. It is the greatest gift that's ever been. Christmas is a magical time when we realize that we need to develop the spirit of anticipation. When we are looking for greater things, that's when life changes for us. Advent is that time of joy, it's that time of peace, it's that time of preparation. Today in church, we, we look and, and we look and we uh, connect it with the birth of Christ. And we say, oh, it's, it's the birth of Christ and we're looking forward uh, to what that meant for us and we're reflecting on what happened. But in the, in the church for the first 300 years, it wasn't about the birth of Christ at all. It was about the return of Christ. The church celebrated not just the birth of Christ, they celebrated and Advent was about preparing yourself for the return of Christ. And they had an amazing philosophy. And it was simply this. If we develop a spirit of anticipation about the Lord's return, it's going to bring peace, it's going to bring joy, and it's going to transform our lives. Can I ask you a question today? Are you looking forward to the return of Christ as much as you are Christmas Day? You see, Christmas, Christmas is about us celebrating the promise that was in, in, uh, in uh, Genesis 3.15 where God said he promised us a, a uh, Savior, a Redeemer. And all the way through the Old Testament, uh, that promise was, was given. And that promise was born in Bethlehem's manger uh, on the day we celebrate as Christmas. But that's not the end of the promise because that promise was not only born, but that promise lived a sinful life, or sinless life rather. And that promise uh, died for our sins. That promise rose again from the grave to give us eternal life then that promise said just as you've seen me leave I'm coming back that where I am there you can be also it's not just oh he came and he left he's promised to come back Woo. I'm happy aren't you happy that the Lord is coming back 
If you get all of your happiness from the nightly news, I feel sorry for you. Because that is gloom and despair. But man, when the Lord comes back, it's amazing. You know, and here's something that I've discovered, and it's simply this. How you wait on the Lord will determine how much peace and happiness and joy you have. If you're looking for his return with dread, you're not going to have peace. It's kind of like when you're waiting on a trip to go to Disney. Woohoo! Yay! We're going to go see Mickey. When you're waiting to go to the dentist for that root canal. Oh boy! You see the difference? You see, it's, it's about how you're waiting and what you're looking forward to. Even though that root canal is really a needful thing, nobody is, gets up in the morning and says, praise God I get to go to the dentist. Dentists are some of the most despised people in the world. Isn't it incredible? So, you know, it, it's how you look at it. The scripture tells us, in Isaiah, some 750 years before Christ was born, he gives us an opportunity to peer into, into this and how we should wait and how we should develop this spirit of anticipation. And in Isaiah 40, 28, he says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. And here's the very first thing I want you to, to, to write down or put a mental note in your mind if you're, if you're wanting to develop a spirit of anticipation for the Lord's return. If you want to make the Christmas season, the Advent season, so amazing this year, you need to look forward to the return of Christ. And number one is simply this. You need to know who you're waiting on. The writer Isaiah said, Don't you know? Have you, you heard? Do you understand who you're waiting on? Sometimes we, we think about the Lord's return and we think, all right, you know, he's coming back. We get to go off in the clouds and ride horses and play harps and, and we talk about all of the things. But do you realize who he is? Do you realize when we were just saying, I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. Do you understand what that is, what that means to each and every one of us? He says, I'm going to explain to you who you're waiting on. The Lord is the everlasting God. He doesn't have a beginning and he doesn't have an end. He has always been and always will be. Everything that you know, everything that you've seen, everything that you comprehend, he simply spoke it into existence. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He knows everything there is to know. He has always been. He will always be. When we're in heaven in eternity, we will continue to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord, and yet we will never grow to the place that we know as much as Him. He is God, Almighty, 
And he's coming back for you. The Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He has created all things. He will not grow tired or weary. Don't you love that? That God doesn't get tired. That God doesn't sleep. That God doesn't have an answering machine. His phone is never, you never get a busy signal. God never gets tired or weary. And he, when he says he is fighting for you, that simply means he's fighting for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time. When you're sleeping, he's there. When you're awake, he's there. When you're at work, he's there. When you're at home, he's there. God never gives up on you. He's always working on your behalf. And his understanding, no one can fathom. You ever, you ever met somebody or been in a room with somebody that was decidedly smarter than you? No, I mean, I mean, you know, sometimes we, we get, we, we're around people and we say, okay, I think their IQ may be three points higher than mine. But I'm talking about that one that has, you know, the big brain people. You know, that when you ask anything, they know the answer. You know, it, it, you know it's, it's kind of intimidating sometimes, isn't it? When they can start reciting everything that happened 25 years ago. Not the things that you did. That's called your wife. <laughs> well, w women are very good at that. <laughs> they remember what you said, what you did, what you were wearing. And you don't even remember even knowing anything about it. God makes men very simple. Praise God. God is, his, his knowledge is unfathomable. He's amazing. You cannot get to the place where you know as much as, as God does. And when you understand who you're waiting on, it will revolutionize how you wait it will help you understand that, hey, he has not forgotten about me. He's not giving up on me. When he said that he's going to go and, and prepare a place for me, he's gone to prepare a place for me. When he said that, that I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for us, he simply means it. He is the great one. And we're waiting on him. And he is coming back. And he's not sitting around thinking, oh man, I've got to go pick up my kids. He's not waiting to say, oh man, the, you know, school's going to be over in a minute. And I've got to go pick up my kids. He's excited. He's very excited. In fact, when, he, when, when Christ splits the clouds and, and that trumpet sounds and we meet the Lord in the air, it's not going to be one of those things like the Lord says, Okay, sound the trumpet. Come on, guys. He's more excited about meeting us than we are about meeting him. I can't imagine what he is going to feel when we get to step on the streets of gold, when we have that new body, when all of the things he's prepared for us, when we get to walk into and see. Can you imagine the joy on his face and the joy in his heart that everything that he has prepared for us he gets to watch us with glee the Lord is excited about it 
It gives us hope to be excited. Second thing is simply this, if, you, if you'd go on just a little bit. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Let's go on a little bit. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You not only need to know who you're waiting on, but you need to know what you're waiting for. When you know what you're waiting for, when you realize that, that the Lord is coming back and life as we know it is going to be transformed. I know that it's hard to escape the news and all of the tragedies that are, that are happening almost on a daily basis. Have you noticed that? And yet, when the Lord returns, all of those things are going to dissipate. They're going to be gone. They're going to be removed. Because he's going to reign in righteousness. You know what righteousness is? Doing the right thing. Can you imagine every single time doing the right thing? Doing what is correct? Doing what is meaningful? Doing what is perfect? That is righteousness. That's, he's going to rule and reign in righteousness. That simply means our lives are going to be righteous. We were, I was talking this morning to someone in and I'd mentioned, I said, can you imagine uh, all the court systems being right? And they said, well, you know, I don't think we're going to need court systems then. And I think, I think they're right. We're not going to need uh, any, any armies. We're not going to need any military. We won't even need locks on the doors. You're not even going to have to lock your car for fear somebody will take it. Isn't that amazing? And that is ruling and reigning in righteousness. And when, if you long for that, if you desire that, if you understand that, that life is going to be so incredibly perfect... Oh, think about it. No more pain. No more watching uh, negative things on the news because there won't be any negative things. That's what we're looking for. So number one, know who you're waiting on. Number two, know what you're waiting for. And number three, I, I just want you to, I want to close in this. I want you to look at the benefits of waiting correctly. He gives strength to the weary. When you wait correctly and you know who you're waiting on and what you're waiting for, it doesn't matter what you experience here. It will give you strength because you realize that, that this is fading and that's going to be eternal. That this is temporal, that's going to last forever. That, that this is, is filled with darkness, but he is the light of the world. When you see the difference it, it will put a little dance in your step. It will put a little pep in your voice. It, it, will, it will help you understand that, hey, you know, things may not be going great right now, but I know, I know that, that tomorrow is going to be an amazing day and that, that, that the Lord is with me and if God is for me, who can be against me? And it dissipates the fear and replaces the fear with peace of God. Number one, just make sure that you understand that he gives strength to the weary. Also, he increases the power 
of the week. Increases your power by waiting, not going to the gym. But by waiting, he increases your power. He increases your strength. He increases the the ability to be able to do more, to live longer, to enjoy life because you know who you're waiting on and what you're waiting for. My friends, this is a great time of year. This is a wonderful time of year. This is a glorious time of year. Do you know who you're waiting for? Do you know what you're waiting on? When you have those in mind, the peace of God will fill your heart. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. And uh, as they come back, we're going to prepare for communion. Then after communion, we have a baptism today. So... uh, This is what Isaiah 53 tells us. Isaiah 53, too, speaking of of Christ, he said he grew up before him, him being God, like a tender shoot. I love that, like a tender shoot. You know what that simply means? Like a blade of grass. Not only a blade of grass, but like a root out of dry ground. You ever seen grass grow like in the middle of nowhere? Walking down, and in between the two pieces of sidewalk, you'll see a blade of grass sticking up. Isaiah said, that's the way Christ grew up. In a world full of asphalt and concrete, he was a living blade of grass. I, I love that. He grew up in a tender shoot. When you look at the, the, the key of that, of that term, it simply means... Not just a blade of grass, but something that will sprout again. That he grew up to sprout again. When Christ died for us, he died to sprout again. He became the first fruits of those that have risen from the grave. The first fruits. That means everybody that, that follows after him. Or the harvest. You may, you may look at your life today and say, well, man, there's some situations going on in my life that I just, I'm unsure of, or there's some things that I, I doubt or I, I'm concerned about. But I want to encourage you today. If Christ is in your life, and you know who you're waiting for, and you know what you're waiting on, You'll, have, you'll begin to understand that if God is for you, who can be against you? And we are the root. We will sprout again. The scripture declares that, that all of us, when that trumpet sounds, they said the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. My friends, the Lord will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never give up on you. He has all power, all authority, all might, all wisdom. He does what he wants to do. He doesn't seek counsel from anybody because he is counsel unto himself. And he simply said, those that put their trust in me 
will never be ashamed. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But I believe that today would be a great time. A great time to reflect on all that Christ has done. All that he has prepared for us. And to simply say, Lord, as I come before you today, as I, as I partake in this communion, and as I remember what you have done, that you laid down your life for me, that, that you rose again, that I can rise in eternal life because of what you did, I have eternal life. Because you granted it, because you paved the way, I now can inherit eternal life. And when you begin to thank him today, Remind yourself of who he is. Remind yourself of what you're waiting for. And see if it doesn't bring joy and peace to your heart.